Welcome in to another edition of Locked On Titans. I'm Jimmy Morris, joined as always by Terry Lambert. Terry, what's going on tonight? Not a whole lot, man. What's going on? Not too much. Uh, I got the opportunity to go out and watch the Titans practice against the Buccaneers today, so that was that was pretty cool. Um, we'll get into a little bit of that, kind of what I saw, um, and get some opinions on what that stuff means. But before we do all that, we will remind you we write for MusicityMiracles.com, where we cover the Titans for SB Nation. Uh, so you can check us out there. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at MCM. Terry is at TLambertFB. And you can get the podcast wherever you subscribe to podcasts iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, just search out Locked On Titans and you can find us there. If you subscribe, you'll get the newest episodes as soon as they're available. We appreciate that. Rate and review, all those good things. All right, so like I said, um, I was out there today. Uh, actually got a media credential, so uh, nice for the Titans to let, let us have a, a few of those during training camp. But um, I mainly watched the defense. So if you're not familiar with, with St. Thomas Sports Park, if you've never been out there, they've got three fields now. And um, the Titans' offense was going against the Buccaneers' defense on the closest field to the gate where everybody comes in. And then they did some special team work and stuff on the middle field. And then on the far field, that's where the Titans' defense was going against the Buccaneers' offense. Uh, I decided to watch the defense today just because I'm really interested in the secondary. There's been a lot of hype about those guys throughout camp. Um, And so I figured enough people would be watching the offense. We could get a report on that. But I wanted to go over there and see what the defense was doing. Now, you know, they started out doing one-on-one drills with just the cornerbacks lined up against the receivers for the Buccaneers. The, the Buccaneers receivers won pretty much all of those. But in one-on-ones, I mean, that's always going to be slanted toward the receiver. You're, you're, you're going to see that. So that, that, didn't, that wasn't any big deal. They moved to seven-on-seven, seven, and I thought the Titans defensive backs held up pretty well. Uh, the Buccaneers actually have a pretty good receiving core with Deshaun Jackson, Mike Evans, you know, Chris Godwin. I mean, they, they got some talented guys over there. And you know they completed passes, but um, they didn't get any. They didn't hit any big shots down the field, and that's something that you're always worried about with the Buccaneers, especially with Deshaun Jackson. Titans were able to keep him from doing that. Now, I mean, Mike Evans was was pretty much unstoppable. They could get the ball to him whenever he wanted it. But you know, in that kind of in that kind of scenario where there's in the seven on seven, there's not a pass rush. Obviously, they're not they're not game planning. They're not scheming to take anything away. So, I mean, yeah, Mike Evans, they, they got him whenever he wanted him. Got me good coverage and all that stuff. But, again, like, I don't take that as any slight or whatever to what this, what this offensive backfield is going to be. My main thing was watching, are they giving up big shots? They weren't doing that. Is Mike Evans just wide open and they're hitting him, and, and there were guys with him every time. So, I don't know. I, I think that some, some people took away a little bit differently than what I saw today. But I didn't think it was a disaster for the Titans defensive backs. Yeah, it's always interesting just following on Twitter because you seem to get the highlights uh, of those one-on-one battles that that don't mean a whole lot. Um, You can take bits and pieces here and there. uh, But for the most part, they're geared towards the receivers. The receivers are always going to win those. So uh, I wanted to to talk a little bit about Malcolm Butler. Uh, You saw him get beat. I I think it was a one-on-one So against Deshaun Jackson. So like I just said, they're geared to the receivers. But... How did he look out there, uh, maybe in a team setting? We saw him get beat deep the other night. Uh, just seemed to be just a, a little bit of uh, uneasiness about him on Twitter today. Yeah, and he looked fine. I mean, again, uh, there w- it was one of those things where when you're watching it, there weren't a lot of balls hitting the ground. They weren't jumping a lot of routes and, and picking stuff off. I, I'd, I'll be interested to see if there's more of that tomorrow, just with a little bit of more familiarity. And again, you know, 
Yeah, you have to keep a couple things in mind when you're talking about what the Titans defensive backs have done so far in camp. One, the Titans receiving core is, you know, not great. And especially when Corey Davis hasn't been out there, Richard Matthews hasn't been out there. Um, you know, those days when neither one of those guys are there, the defensive backs are going to have uh, an advantage. You would hope they would because there's a lot more talent on that side of the ball, like I said, when those two guys are out. And then plus, once you, you know, the Titans, once they go against each other for so many days, defensive backs kind of know the routes. They can kind of see things coming. They can cheat a little bit and all that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, not surprised they didn't look as good against the, the, the Buccaneers receivers as they have against the Titans receivers. But at the same time, Malcolm Butler held up well. I mean, again, I didn't see in all of the, like, 7-on-7 and 11-on-11 stuff, the the Buccaneers didn't hit any big plays. So, um, you know, the the thing with Malcolm Butler, again, like you said, that was a one-on-one. And the other night, I mean, we talked about it a little bit, you know, after the game. But it was a a great route by by Devontae Adams, a great release. You know, once once he saw the ball coming, he, he created that space. And so, yeah, sure, you want your big-ticket cornerback to be able to, to shut that down. But those, those kind of plays are going to happen from time to time. I, I thought he held up well again. I mean, But, I mean, it's just it's so ridiculous when you watch these guys go up against Mike Evans because there were times all three of our, our of the Titans' top guys, Butler, uh, Logan Ryan, Adore Jackson, there were different times where they were guarding Mike Evans, like, on his hip. Ball comes in, they get a hand in, and Evans just rips it away and, you know, runs up the field. Uh, he's just he's a he's a different he's a different caliber player uh, really than than anybody on that field and anything the Titans have. I mean, hopefully you know Corey Davis can can get to a, a similar level of that. But overall, like I said, I, I thought they held up pretty well. Um, the the pass rush, you know, you don't obviously they're not rushing in seven on seven. They did a little bit of team stuff. Um, there there were a couple of plays where guys got in the backfield. Jarrell Casey had a play where he got back there and, and disrupted the Buccaneers timing. So that was good to see, but um, you know, overall, I, I thought it was just a it was a, it was a good enough day for the defense. Like I said, I'll be interested to see kind of what it looks like tomorrow when they've got a little bit more familiarity with the guys they're going up against. Yeah, Adore Jackson seemed to to stand out today again, just following from afar. Uh, Jameis Winston even singled him out in in his press conference after the game. Uh, called him a rookie, but of course he's a second year player. But uh, said he was really special. Uh, he saw a, a report that he lined up on O.J. Howard out wide and blanketed him and, and took him out of a play. So that's a really good development. I, I mean, if there's going to be one guy that really emerged from that secondary, I want it to be Adore Jackson. You know, the Titans have invested in that first-round pick there. I think he's got the most upside out of anybody. So uh, if he can come along and take strides like he did last season, uh, this secondary, man, it, it's going to be so much fun to watch. Yeah, and, and keep in mind, too, that the Buccaneers are a, a good team for the Titans to go up against because they have a lot of weapons. I don't I don't know how good they're going to be. Um, you know, I think you've got all the stuff with James Winston and the four-game suspension, and, and I don't I don't know if the Buccaneers' defense is going to be that good. But, um, you, you know, they've got a lot of weapons when you talk about, like I said, you got Evans, you got Deshaun Jackson, two different type of receivers. I mean, polar opposites with both good players. You've got O.J. Howard and Cameron Brait. Um, you know, they don't have as, as much on a run game as, as maybe some other teams do, but like that, that's a, it's a good, it, it's a good team to kind of measure yourself against and, and see what you've got. And like I said, overall, I thought they, I thought they held up well. Um, so like I said, we'll see wh- what happens tomorrow and then obviously they'll, you know, they'll play on Saturday. Um, but I, I think that probably for what the coaches and, and everybody are trying to take away from this week, 
I think the practices are probably more important um, than, you know, what actually happens in the game on Saturday because the Titans, you think the Stars are probably going to play a quarter and a half. I mean, they asked Mariota after practice today. Somebody did if, if he has been told how much he's going to play, and he said he didn't know yet. But generally, you'll see, you know, a, a few series maybe into the second quarter. Um, so you just, you're not going to learn as much from that as you are from what, what's been going on out there. All right, coming up in a second, we'll talk about kind of what we saw from the offense and uh, kind of how that measures up. Before we do that, I'll tell you about Nordic Track. You know, as well as I do, we get busy. It's hard to find time to go to the gym. It's hard to get up in the mornings and get there. You get off work and you don't want to go. That's where Nordic Track comes in. Nordic Track has a series of training equipment to give you amazing workouts in the convenience of your home including treadmills, exercise bikes, incline trainers, and strength training machines. You can join high-energy stream workouts any time of the day without stepping out the door. Join stream workouts in both studios and exotic destinations around the world. Start your day with a run through the streets of Paris and end with a cross-training session on the shores of Thailand or workout on the African Safari. Workouts are led by the world's top personal trainers to ensure that you meet your fitness goals. Special offer for Locked On Titans listeners. Get $75 off your Nordic Track purchase by visiting nordictrack.com slash locked on and using the offer code locked on. Again, visit Nordic Track. That's N-O-R-D-I-C-T-R-A-C-K dot com slash locked on and use offer code locked on during checkout to save $75 off of your purchase. So the offense, um, you know, same one-on-one drills again that are, are slanted towards the receiver's uh, you, you saw Taewon Taylor over there making plays. One thing I will say, you know, I, I saw, and again, I was over watching the defense, so I didn't see as much of this. But the the one play that where, where Taewon Taylor, I mean, the the ball was kind of thrown, he came back and caught the ball. I think that's something that you can take away from a drill like that, and him making an adjustment of the ball, going around the cornerback, making a play. I, I think you can get something away from that, other than hey, this guy just ran on the field and beat this guy. So, I mean, it's good to see him stepping up and making plays, again, against guys that are, that you know, not, not the same guys he sees every day, going out there and being able to make some things happen. And, you know, a lot of people have given up on Taylor, people that aren't really familiar with everything that went on here last year. And he's a guy that was slow picking up. We talked about this last week a little bit. The offense, you know, through, through the spring. But in training camp, he really showed up, showed up today. And if, if he can be good, if he can be a legitimate threat, and then you add that to Richard Matthews, to Corey Davis, to Delaney Walker, and Jonu Smith, that's the type of thing that's really going to put this offense over the top. Yeah, he he showed exactly what you want to see out of that uh, out of that drill, and that's that's route running, put a foot in the ground and go. Um, not a lot of dancing. You know, you want to be realistic. You can't run a, a seven or eight second route uh, like <laughs> like I saw Mike Evans do a couple times today. So. Uh, he he won what he was supposed to win. Uh, that contested grab was big for me because that's that's been something I've been saying all summer. Can he win down the field? You know, it's great that he can run, but can he go win a football? Uh, so he yeah he he kind of came back to the ball, broke out, broke off his vertical route, and still managed to catch that ball. So uh, now the Tampa Bay secondary is really bad. You know, if you follow fantasy football, if you follow any fantasy analysts, they'll tell you that the, the Tampa Bay secondary is, is horrible. And it's one that you should target all year uh, if you're playing DFS. So kind of keep that in the back of your mind. But um, kind of through all the crap of training camp, camp through all the injuries, uh, Corey Davis 
uh, stepping up and, and delivering a big day. He was the talk of camp, clearly. Uh, somebody said he was the best player on the field today. So uh, that's a good sign regardless of who you're going up against. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we, we talked so much about this. And obviously, you know, Marcus Mariota is the key to all of this. But I think the, the next most important guy here is Corey Davis. And the, the good thing is that consistently when he's been on the field, that's what everybody's been saying, right? That he's the best player out there, that he looks different than everybody else, all that kind of stuff. And so that's the thing that I think is the most encouraging because, yeah, I mean, you never know what's going to happen with injuries, right? I mean, he obviously missed most of the year last year uh, with, with the hamstring injury. But when he was on the field, you saw how much of a part of the offense they, they tried to make him. Um, you, you saw the the two touchdowns in the playoff game against the Patriots. Um, so I mean, the good thing is when he's been when he's been available, he's been really good. So I, I think people, you know, there are some people that that will rush the judgment of these types of things because he didn't, you know, have that great rookie year that we all hoped he would have. But you know, when you look at the circumstances surrounding that, the injury, the offense, all that kind of stuff, and look at the, you know, remember that in that draft there were three what top ten wide receivers. Yep, and it was him. Mike Williams with the Chargers and John Ross in Cincinnati, and none of those guys had did much of anything last year. Injuries and, and John Ross had some other issues, but you know all three of those guys are looking to bounce back this year. And so, yeah, you'd love for your guy to come in and be a stud from day one, but that wasn't the case. He didn't put up the numbers that you want him to last year. But to me, the most important thing is when he's available, he's dominating. And, you know, he's, he was, he's been available all this week so far, knock on wood, and, and hopefully he's able to play in the game on, on Saturday. And that's just more time with Marcus, all that stuff. And you can just tell that they're starting to develop a chemistry. And that, that to me, is the most important thing, them having the time out there, learning this offense together, coming up in it together. Um, I, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm still there, – there's been nothing that I've seen so far from Corey Davis that has – lessen my optimism about how good I think he can be. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, there's another part of this. Rashard Matthews, we still haven't seen him. So uh, when you see these reports that the Titans receivers aren't aren't very good, just remember that's a pretty solid piece of, of the receivers room. So uh, I understand that, that you got eyes on him today. Can you report anything to us? Did he, did he run? Did he do anything physical at all? I did see him jog from the practice field into the building, and he looked fine. I mean, he wasn't, you know, in a dead sprint, but he's out there. There's no, he's got no braces on, anything like that. He was out there pretty much the whole time today, um, standing around with the ones. It was interesting today because you know Mike Brable had said before that um, when guys aren't practicing, that they're not going to be out there standing around. And th- you saw a lot of Richard Matthews out there today. You saw a lot of Jack Conklin again, not practicing but standing around. And I think it's probably just kind of, you know, in, in this type of a scenario, being out there hearing the stuff is going on and all that stuff. But, I mean, I'm just it, – it's and, again, we've, we've beaten this horse to the, into the ground, right? But, like, I, I don't understand what's going on. I mean, he looks healthy. He runs, he's running around. He's running routes before practice. But they're still – we still don't know what, what it is that's hurt. Um, but he looks okay. Another point about that, um, so uh, Teron Davenport, if you if you haven't started following him yet on Twitter, you need to do that. He's the new Titans guy for ESPN. Um, really, really good. But he made a note today in, in his you know list of observations about how much the Titans were in 12 personnel, meaning two tight ends out there with Delaney and Jonu. And I wonder, do you think any of that changes 
when Rashard Matthews gets back? Like, is that something? I mean, I, I, mean, I still think they're going to do it a lot because those guys are both really good and they, they pre- present matchup problems. But do you think that the the amount of time that they're in that right now has something to do with Rashard Matthews not being out there? You know, I don't think it does because I, I, I could be wrong on this, but I'm pretty sure the Rams played a, a bunch of two tight end sets. Uh, they drafted a couple, and, and their names escape me right now. But, uh, you know, as Teron pointed out, it gives the defense another gap to worry about uh, when you're running that zone, that outside zone with Derrick Henry. Uh, so I, I think that's going to be a base formation for this team. And, and look, Johnny Smith is going to be a big part of this offense. You know, that, that's a guy that maybe we haven't talked about enough, but, you know, the guys that are out there every day, Jim Wyatt, uh, and guys like that just continue to say, hey, he's going to be really involved in this offense. So I don't think that's tied to Rashard Matthews at all. Uh, you know, maybe it's why Taewon Taylor's getting the looks on the outside because you won't have a slot receiver in that formation. So maybe that's something you can read into there. But, uh, no, I, I don't think that changes at all. Yeah, so I mean, it's going to be just a watch. You, just, you want everybody healthy. You want them to have all the weapons at their disposal so they can do a bunch of different things that you want to see. And like you said, we haven't talked a whole lot about Janu, but every day you, you hear people saying positive things about him. And I can't remember. I think it was I was listening to the, the Official Titans podcast, the OTP, with Mike Keith and them, and he was talking about when they were they're interviewing Marcus, Marcus Mariota, and like he, he's you know Marcus is very standard in his answers. I mean, he's very – you know, doesn't show a lot of emotion, answers questions, all that stuff. But somebody asked him about John Smith one day, and he kind of lit up and, like, talked about, you know, kind of went into detail on the things that he's been doing. So, yeah, he's, he's a guy that's going to be interesting to watch, and we'll just see, um, you know, as the preseason progresses and, and the ones get more time in these games, uh, you know, what we can see from him. All right, so uh, coming up, we'll talk a little bit about what the rest of the week is going to look like for us. And then I'm going to just kind of ask a couple of questions from some observations that were that were made today, and we'll see if they're a big deal or not. All right, so one thing that I've seen a bunch, and I saw – so the only time I saw the Titans offense today was at one point they brought both teams together on that front field and ran – I think it was about 14 plays, seven with the ones, seven with the twos. Um, where everybody was was together, and so that was like I said, that was really the only time I saw the Titans offense. Well, in one of those plays today, Jason Pierre-Paul beat uh, Lawan, got to Mariota. Mariota actually tripped over his own feet. He said after practice, and he went down. Of course, that was a thing. And then Taylor Lawan was in Jason Pierre-Paul's face after the next play. But um, the Buccaneers tweeted out a, a thing about you know. JV putting somebody on skates or whatever and then I'm just scrolling through my Twitter later on and people are like oh no Lawan's you know whatever and he's taking plays off now and all this stuff and I'm just like you know the things that people make a big deal out of I mean you know what Taylor Lawan's going to get beaten this year right I mean it's, it's going to happen he's not going to be perfect he's going to give up a sack he's going to give up some pressures and that kind of stuff but don't you think it's just funny how people overreact to these types of things training camp Twitter is it? It might be the worst Twitter. You know, you're reacting to. No, 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 no. Free agency Twitter's the worst. Uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> you're, you're probably right. But okay, close second. So you're you're reacting to things that you're not even seeing on your TV. You're reacting to a tweet that you're reading. So yeah, I mean Taylor wants to get beat. Uh, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen multiple times. 
uh, it's just funny that you know they they dragged the contract into this. Oh, he got paid, so he's going to shut it down. So, yeah, I don't think you're going to have a, a Hainsworth with the Redskins situation here. Uh, I think Lewan has submitted his submitted himself uh, to Nashville, and he calls himself Dad. So, uh, yeah, I don't think you're going to have to worry about Lewan. Yeah, it's just this is funny, um, and then. These other receivers, uh, Deontay Burnett, Darius Jennings. Deontay Burnett made another play today. Uh, Darius Jennings, I heard him on the radio on Midday 180 uh, driving after after practice. Um, we've talked a little bit about this, but, like, what what's the ceiling for whoever that fifth receiver is, that sixth whatever those guys are? I mean, what do you think the ceiling is for any of those guys in this offense? Uh, zero. I mean, yeah. you know, that's that's the unpopular answer. You know, you always want to give a guy a chance. But it just seems like we see it every year. You know, and this year I'm guarding against it. I'm just not buying it. You know, maybe it's new, a new staff, so maybe I shouldn't do that. But, uh, like, Deontay Burnett, you know, you hear so much hype about him. And then he doesn't play until, what, the, the start of the fourth quarter last week? So that was uh, – maybe I'm reading too much into that, but – I mean, I, I just have no expectations for for any of these guys anymore. I've just been burned too many times. Yeah, so, I mean, I think, like you said, it, this, that's another one of the, you know, training camp Twitter things. That everybody gets all fired up about, about some of these guys. And then, I mean, you know, hopefully they can find a guy out of that group that can be serviceable and can help them. But, really, if those guys are getting significant playing time, it means somebody else is hurt. And, you know, that's not a good thing. So, Anyway, that, that was kind of what the takeaways from today. Uh, like I said, tomorrow night we're going to have Rhett Bryan on, who uh, is a part of the Titans radio broadcast team. He also did the July 4th McNair special that they ran all day on 104.5, which is really good. If you haven't heard that, I think they've got it available on the website, so you can check that out. But anyway, he's been watching pra- – I talked to him a little bit this morning before practice. He's been watching practice like all camp long with Dave McGinnis. Said he's he's picked up a lot just by sitting around and listening to him talk about practice. So it'll be good to get his perspective. And like I said, he said he's watching the defense today. He's going to watch the offense tomorrow. So we'll kind of get his takeaway. I was supposed to be able to go up there tomorrow, but I've got a I got a meeting at my real job that I can't get out of. So um, unfortunately, I won't be able to be out there. But anyway, so I'll do it for tonight. Uh, like I said at the top, museummiracles.com. Check us out there. You can read my my full recap on the Titans defense there. I posted it earlier today, and we'll have a bunch of stuff. And if you want to follow like one thread with all the guys that are be at training camp. We'll have that up on the site in the morning. Uh, so you can check that out. Follow us on Twitter at jmorrismcm, at tlambertfb, and subscribe to the podcast. Just search out Locked on Titans. For Terry, this is Jimmy saying thanks for listening, and we will talk to you again tomorrow.